You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today I want to minister a message, you're gonna make it. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're gonna make it. Tell them again, say, you're gonna make it. Family, listen to me, the Spirit of Christ that's on the inside of you is a victorious spirit. It's a victorious spirit, a spirit that cannot be defeated. The Spirit of Christ on the inside will never accept defeat and failure. Even David, when he faced a giant, could keep his solid front. We have a friend in the Holy Spirit that helps us every day to dispose of all forms of giants. When we look and see what's happening in the world, I've been meditating upon the book of Daniel quite a lot. Daniel chapter 1. Four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, find themselves in, in Babylon. I mean, we, we live in a Babylonian system all around us. Not only that, they were separated on their own. Trained for three years in the ways of Babylon. They had the privilege to eat from the king's table all his delicacies, his wine, everything that he had to offer. But Daniel had purposed in his heart not to defile himself. The thing that amazes me is that there were only four in that whole kingdom that stood for God, that didn't yield to the pressure that said, we're not going to defile ourselves. We're going to live a holy life unto the Lord. When you look at their lives, it, it could look like their whole life was falling apart. But they had purpose to serve God. It was where they came from. They were trained, discipled, that they could continue to serve God. That's why many times when Young people go to university. You think it's just about gaining knowledge. It's about their character. Maybe where you find yourself right now, I mean, with COVID, that's affected everybody. It feels like your, your life is in pieces, shattered. Had a bit of an impact on everybody. There's a wonderful scripture in the book of Jeremiah 17. The message translation says, God... Pick up the pieces and put me back together again. I like that. Sometimes it feels like your life is falling apart. How's it going to work? How's everything going to come together? God, pick up the pieces. Put me back together again. For you are my praise. Family, whatever storm you are facing right now, you might be looking at that situation. Maybe it's a breakthrough that you need. Maybe it's healing that you need, deliverance that you need, a job that you need. You think, if I can just get that contract, it would be the end. If I can just get married, it would be the end. It's not the end. It's a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you looking for a temporary solution or a permanent solution? 
Are you looking for a temporary solution? That is just, just give me what I need, Lord. Are you looking for a permanent solution? Will you be able to maintain that blessing, that breakthrough, that healing, that deliverance? The only way you can maintain it is by maintaining your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 17. I'm reading from verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now a leper, I mean, they literally were losing pieces of their body. Sounds like, Lord, put me back together again. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan, so Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Ten were cleansed. Only one were made well. Ten, the pieces were picked up. Only one was put back together again. Sometimes we think if I can just get that thing, God wants to do something more. There's a mystery here. They all got the cleansing. But when the one came back, and gave glory to God, thanked God. God made him well. God made him whole. What is it that you need in your life? Do you just need to be cleansed, or do you need God to come and make you well? I want to challenge you. Have that heart's attitude that when God gives you your breakthrough, your healing, your deliverance, whatever you want God to do so that you can finish, that you can make it, make sure that you've purposed in your heart that you would come and thank God. Give glory to God for that miracle that He's done in your life. You know, sometimes we look at people and we, we look at the life, say, of Peter, and we would say, Peter's made it. And I was thinking about how God used Peter that in his life, even when his shadow touched people, they got healed. wonder if Peter lived today, the young people would probably be trending hashtag shadow healer. But for him to get to that place, it was quite a journey. And I want to look at his life and show you some examples because sometimes we think I'm not going to make it because we mess up so many times. God tells us to do something and we start moving in the right direction and then we mess up. Am I talking to the right people here today? 
So Peter, just go back a few chapters to Luke chapter 5. A matter of fact, Peter's life starts with a disappointment. When he met God, it's when he had experienced a disappointment. He was probably at one of the lowest places in his life. He had worked all night. He had toiled all night. He had put in so much effort and not even one fish. Have you found yourself in a position like that? Think, how am I going to make it, Lord? I've done everything. Everything I know how to do it. The net on this side, the net on this side, this deep, the spot where I know the fish are. Verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. You can almost hear the pain in his voice. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You can go read the previous verse. Jesus actually said to him, drop your nets. But his faith was only at a level to drop a net. This is a classic example of how God used a disappointment to have an appointment with him. If he had his desired result, he probably would not have been on the beach, would have left. But because of that disappointment, God had an appointment. It was when God got into his boat that everything started to change. Jesus said to him, if you go down to verse 8, he said, do not be afraid. Whenever you see do not be afraid or fear not, it means exactly have faith. When you see have faith, it means do not fear. There's going to be things that's going to put you in a position where you're going to want to doubt. God here through this disappointment took Peter from a place and saying, you're not going to be a normal fisherman anymore. I'm making you a fisher of men. I want to tell you something, family. Peter here, as a fisherman, with the character of a fisherman, with the authority of a fisherman, could not be successful. But when he placed himself under the authority of Christ with one word, his whole life changed. His whole life changed. He found himself here being disappointed when you find yourself in a place of being disappointed but you know you've got a word from God you can be assured that God is supporting your position to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be God rewards obedience if God gives you an instruction obey it amen turn to the person next to you say to them there's hope for me Peter met Jesus He's walking with Jesus, he's following Jesus, and God is busy to work in his life. At a stage, Jesus comes and he asks his disciples, he says, who are people saying that I am? And then he says, who do you say? And Peter is the first one to speak up, and he says, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. Jesus says to him, what you've just declared to me was not revealed by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven has given you this revelation. I mean, you must, he must have been on a high. Amen? Three verses later, Jesus is telling him what's going to happen in the future. Guess who's rebuking Jesus? Peter. Go read it. The one minute he's on the spiritual high, 
My Father in heaven has revealed this to you, Peter. You can hear in the Spirit. You're going to make it. The next minute when Jesus says, but I have to die, he says, remember, Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. I had that revelation. But I just want to tell you, you're missing it. And he rebukes Jesus. Sometimes we want to give Jesus instructions in how we should do it. He was worried about Jesus dying instead of being concerned what would happen if Jesus did not die. He was looking at the situation from a natural point of view. Jesus had to say to him, get behind me, Satan. The one minute we are being used by Jesus, the next minute sometimes we find ourselves an instrument used in the hands of Satan. You're calm and peaceful, giving people nice advice. The next minute on this side, blow a gasket. Am I talking to the right people? Turn to the person next to you, say, you're going to make it. Tell them again, say, you're going to make it. Do you know what's the amazing thing? Jesus called Peter the rock before he even started building the church, before he even started walking in his calling. God declared over him who he was going to be. After this, I mean, this is amazing. Jesus, Peter in a boat, Jesus walking on the water. In a storm again, Peter hear these words. Do not be afraid. He says, I've heard those words. When I got saved, Jesus told me not to be afraid. He says, Jesus, if it's you, let me come to you. Jesus says, come. Peter jumps on the water. He starts walking on the water. As he's walking on the water, the next minute he starts looking at the waves around him and he starts sinking. Family, you're going to make it. Sometimes Jesus gives us instruction. We are so confident. We step out. We, we're doing the impossible. And we take our eyes off Jesus and we start sinking. You know what's the amazing thing? Peter said, help me. Help me, Jesus. You know what happened immediately? He stretched out his hand and he picked up Peter back onto the water. When you've received instruction and you're doing the impossible, it feels like you're walking on water and the next minute you are sinking, just call to Jesus. He's going to lift you up out of that situation. Turn to the person next to you say, you're going to make it. Oh, Peter. I mean, in all this journey, but it, when you look at his life, it looks like a roller coaster. Amen? <laughs> Have you been on a bit of a roller coaster? <laughs> Just hold on to Jesus. Amen. You know what happens after this? Peter starts to grow. He's getting confident in himself. Jesus says to him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, there's no way that I'm going to do that. No way ever that I'm going to do that. Guess what happens? Peter gets to a place where he denies God. Denies God three times. And as soon as that rooster crowed, the Bible says he wept bitterly. Bitterly. You know what's the good news? Before that, just a few verses before that, Jesus called Peter and said, Peter, the devil wants to take you out but I'm praying that your faith will not fail. He didn't say, I'm praying that you won't go through this. I'm praying that your faith will not fail. 
I want to ask you right now in what you are facing, whatever you are going through, how would your attitude change if you heard Jesus praying for you on that side of the wall? The truth is Jesus is praying for you right now. You're going to make it. The question is not whether you're going to make it. The question is will you be able to maintain it when you make it? When you receive your blessing, your breakthrough, your deliverance, whatever you are trusting God for, whatever in your mind is make it, when you make it, you get to that place, will you maintain it? Will you be able to maintain it? Peter, I want to fast track to Acts chapter 3. Peter is walking to the temple to go worship God, and there's a man sitting next to the gate, beautiful. He's looking for money. He's looking to people that's walking in to give him something because, you know, people that go to church, they are givers, so maybe they'll have a soft heart and bless him. Amen? And Peter, walking past him, says to him, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Do you know what happened? He did not start walking. But Peter had a revelation because there was a time when Jesus said to him, walk on water, the impossible. And he put his focus on the waves, the storm, and he started sinking. Peter could identify with this man sitting there with his eyes upon people to help him, saying, get your eyes off the people and onto Jesus. Get up and walk. The man couldn't get up and walk. What did Peter do? Peter was extended a helping hand by Jesus who lifted him up to walk upon water. What did Peter do? He stretched out his hand, took the man by the hand, and he pulled him up. And as he pulled him up, he started walking. Family, sometimes we have to be the helping hand to others. Sometimes when the gospel is even being preached to us and the truth is being preached to us, we just don't have the strength to get up then you that have experienced that grace, the impossible, what's more difficult, for somebody to walk on water or for a lame man to start walking? Peter said, well, I've walked on water. I know Jesus can heal you. I know you might be feeling down that you cannot get up. Took him by the hand and he pulled him up and he started walking. Do you know what happened immediately after that? The man entered the temple with Peter rejoicing, giving thanks to God. Here's the key. When God lifts you up out of that situation, those circumstances, the first thing, get into his presence and thank him. He went into the temple praising God. John chapter 5, when Jesus healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, verse 14 says, afterwards, when Jesus found him in the temple, if you've received your healing, your breakthrough, your deliverance, will we find you in church? It was there in church where he received instruction in righteousness, where Jesus said to him, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happen to you. What was he saying to him? He says, now that you've received your healing, you're going to need me even more. You're going to have to trust me even more. You have to maintain your blessing. Can I tell you something? It's easier to maintain your blessing with people that's around you than on your own. Don't let the blessing be the thing that will take you away. If you receive that big contract 
Will you be in church next Sunday thanking Jesus? Or will you be on a holiday? Because if the blessing is going to take you away from serving God, then that blessing is not a blessing anymore. That blessing has become a curse. Can you see the importance to prepare your heart before the time? Jesus said to the ten, were there not ten? Where's the other nine? Only one has returned and only one was made well. I want to encourage you. You're going to make it. But don't just make it. Maintain it. Finish strong. We are better together. I need you like you need me. The blessing that you've received, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are saved to save others. If somebody has given you a helping hand, if Jesus has been the one who's lifted you up out of that situation when you felt like you were drowning, be the one that when you see somebody in a situation like that, to grab them by the hand and to lift them up. Peter wrote later, he said, love the brotherhood. He got to a place where he understood, I need you like you need me. Family, there's a mystery here. Paul wrote about it and he said it's, it's a Christ, the, the head of the church, Christ and the church, the body, husband and a wife. They are, they are two, yet they are one. When you've received healing from Jesus, the easiest way to maintain it is in the body. Because one day you might just feel down. Somebody can encourage you. You might just feel like, yes, I cannot get up. Somebody can just pick you up. That's the responsibility of the church. Turn to the person next to you say, you're going to make it. Have you come to Jesus just to cleanse you? Or have you come for Jesus to make you well? We have to continue to plant those good seeds. The Phillips translation in, in Galatians 6 verse 7, it says, A man's entire life is based upon the seed that he has sown. Many of the challenges that you are facing right now, if you're honest, you had your part to play. It's the wrong seed that you have planted. But God wants to show us that if we plant the right kind of seeds of righteousness, when you plant seeds of righteousness, you'll have a harvest of righteousness. Plant those seeds of love and hope and joy and kindness. You have to finish strong. Galatians 6, verse 7 to 8. Make a decision that when you've been healed by the name of Jesus in the Spirit, or you've received your breakthrough by the name of Jesus in the Spirit, maintain in the Spirit, giving glory to God, worshiping Him in Spirit and in truth, because that's what it's all about. I want to share this with you, and I'm closing with this in, in conclusion and just closing. Hebrews 13 says, I have the responsibility to watch out for your soul. I want to pray for you so that you can receive that breakthrough, that healing, that deliverance. I want to pray for you that you're going to make it, that you're going to finish strong. But that mutual relationship must be there. That when that helping hand is extended to you, 
that you extend a helping hand as well. Those are the relationships that God honors, mutual trust, mutual sacrifice, mutual love. It's then when every member finds its rightful place, Ephesians says, finding its rightful place, and the body starts edifying itself in love. The church is the reservoir of God's power. It should be the first place that we run to. When we feel we're not going to make it, run to the church, get into God's presence. It's there where we change. David said, I've desired one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. It was Peter who was helped by Jesus when he was sinking that extended that hand to lift up that man that was lame, giving him the opportunity to walk, leaping, dancing, entering into the presence of God. It is so wonderful to know that you're going to make it. But more important, when you make it, when you receive it, no, it's not the end. It's a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's then when you can maintain that which you have received by maintaining your relationship with Jesus. He loves you so much. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.